May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I'm not forgetful, but uh, I ran back there to get my Bible that had been left behind, not forget, left behind, um, and I needed it for right now. The Magi, the wise men, were evidently doing what they normally did. And um, as they were stargazing or studying the stars, something popped up. Now, I'm retired, I've been in this job something like 40 years, and I get excited when I find something new. And just this past week, uh, we were hunting for a good video um, on, you know, Mr. Google, YouTube, and so on. And there came on, uh, and I think it was American, a youngster or young man who said this. I said, wow, I've never heard that before. He said, that star that led the wise men, that star scientifically appeared in the same place every year. So it was nothing new. But this time, uh, the way they studied it, it gave them different information, different data or data, as we like to say. The wise men used that information to work out, to calculate, to ruminate, to work this out, this, uh, this is the star of a king. This king is a Jewish king, a king above any other kings across the world. And later I added in my own thinking, across the universe, because these blokes studied the stars. I wanted to put in the planets and all that, but I don't know if they called it that in those days. They found something new. So that, the gospel begins, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Sorry, if you have your Bibles, you could turn to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to work through it in that way. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Searching for Jesus. Where is the one? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Magi, wise men from the east. And uh, evidently it's a translation of what they called them in their country. And my little bit of Dutch want me to say Magi or Magi, M-A-G-O-I, I think, Magoi. 
But anyway, translated into English, Magi. So they asked, where is this baby? They were asking questions. And this questioning made the current king shake in his boots. Verses 3 to 5. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And so was all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked, this Herod asked, where, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they replied, in Bethlehem in Judea. And when Mackenzie read the gospel reading, she also read, which I'm not going to do now, the prophecy that was given hundreds of years ago about where this baby was going to be born. So, verses 7 and 8, and this time I'll put a little bit of my own music from my own voice to it, and you might not like it or you might have enjoyed it, because now the drama begins. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Ba-bam! His plan at getting rid of this baby is beginning. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Well, after they heard that, Meantime, what happens with the wise men? After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the baby was born, or the baby was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. It was still guiding them. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Sometimes when we read things in the Bible, I wonder if people uh, grasp the depth of what is there, especially if it's not our custom. They bowed down and worshipped him. And... I've had a little bit of a personal experience of that sort of thing. Because uh, when I was at the Sunnybank Church, we used to have midnight services, just get some water, midnight services, and not the 6 p.m. Christmas Eve one. And um, at this service, three Indian men, it was the time when people were saying some of the refugees allowed to walk around in the community and all that. And these three Indian uh, men turned up for the service. And at the end of the service, as I was standing at the door greeting the few people who turned up, because most people turned up earlier in the evening, uh, these three men came out. And shook their hand, shook their hand, and the youngest one did something I've never experienced before. 
He bowed down, went right down on his knees and kissed my feet. I felt rather emotional. I said, heavens. And in his eyes, this was a holy man. In my eyes, a rotten sinner like everyone else. And I didn't deserve that. But it sort of left me almost, you know, so didn't know what to think when he did that. Bow down, right down, uh, head almost on the ground to kiss my feet. And I picture the wise men doing that. They just bow down and then offered their gifts and so on. Verse 11, coming to the house, they saw the child and the mother and so on. And that's what they did. And in that way, they put themselves under the authority of the king of kings. Because part of the history says that they were probably kings themselves. And they've come from this faraway country to submit to the king of kings, the king of the universe. A certain John Ruskin, and I think this is from a stage play or a book, certain John Ruskin wrote this about the wise men. He said, these men, for their own part, came not to see, not to talk, but to reverence. They are neither curious nor talkative, but submissive. They've simply, if you can say simply, they've simply come to worship and acknowledge this king of kings. And then a further commentary on that, someone else wrote, so we are confronted again with the question, why are we born? Why are we born? And the answer I have here, which I got from that piece, why are we born, reminded me of uh, someone saying to me, this sort of, these words are contained in the Scottish Catechism. Why are we born? All penultimate answers yield at last to the real answer. We are born to glorify God and fully enjoy God forever. That's the sole reason why we are born made me think sometimes people have said, and I've heard quite a lot of this, and I don't know, don't know if I did it myself, people would say, I left that church, I wasn't getting anything from the Sunday services, and so I left it to go and, you know, maybe find another one where I'll get more out of the service. Now that is a legitimate answer, yet we come together like this to worship the Lord, to glorify the Lord, to be in the Lord's special presence. Not necessarily to get anything from it, but something will come of it. You feel blessed. You feel different. I, as a habit, go to church, try to go to church every Sunday. And when I haven't gone, doesn't matter where I am, it feels something is missing. Maybe it was just the, the habit or, or something like that. And it reminded me, I'm sure most children are like this, and we, when we were children also, it, it reminded me of most children who like to know mum and dad are there. 
or Nana and Poppy are there. They don't necessarily want to talk to you. They don't want to tell you their secrets. They don't necessarily want to play with you, or, although I play quite a lot sometimes with the grandchildren. They don't necessarily want to chat with us. They want us to get out of the way, but they want to be assured that we are there in the background. And I think that's the sort of thing that comes out in us being in a special place where we believe the Lord is here. Matthew chapter 2, the last one, last verse of our reading. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, the wise man returned to their country by another route. That puts a beautiful rounding to it. Sidestep Herod and all that. And also this thing of the Lord told them in a dream. I studied a little bit at a um, seminary in New York and was very fascinated when they had a unit on dreams and dreaming and things that happen in the Bible. And I'm almost ashamed to tell this next experience because I don't, I don't think I ever owned up to my wife that, uh, okay, this is what it was. <coughs> we were living in Woiwoi, just to see if you're all awake. Hands up all the know where Woiwoi is. Thank you. The others might think it's a place in Africa. It's near Gosford. And for those of us who are old enough to have known Spike Milligan, he used to say, I come from Woiwoi. Anyway, short story. We were in Woiwoi. And I just wanted to go back to South Africa. Don't look at me, Sharon. I just wanted to go back to South Africa. And I felt that this was the right thing to do. And one night, while struggling with this and you know, packing up and so on, I, I had a dream that we were driving to South Africa. And we came to a fork in the road. And I chose one path. And the minute I chose it, in the dream... I heard or I sensed this was wrong. But we still went. And when we arrived back home in South Africa, nothing went right. The church I was at, the house was falling apart, the bishop was ill, the archdeacon wasn't available, nothing went right. And I thought, blast, the dream indicating to me this is not the right thing to do. And so we came right back again. Don't talk about it in the car when we go home, Sharon. (laughs) But what I'm just saying is dreams. Last evening, Sharon was busy opening the rest of the Christmas cards. And I was trying to bring the talk to a conclusion. And She said, look at this one. Listen to this one. Okay, let me see. And I found this one, or she gave it to me. And then she waited. I said, I'm not giving this back. I think this is suitable for this morning. In terms of an Australian flavor to Jesus in the stable, lying in a manger or a feeding box. And it goes like so. At Christmas time, the birds all sing. The rabbits jump. The lizards crawl. At Christmas time, the outback rings all for the birth of God. 
For the birth of God, the wallabies hop. For the birth of God, the cockatoos squawk. For the birth of God, the platypus swims. For the birth of of God, the kookaburra laughs. For the birth of God was such exciting news. They'd never heard before. They came from all the land to see this baby in the straw. I'm into poetry, but I thought, wow, this is just fantastic. An Aussie spin to the stable scene. And I better acknowledge it. Comes from Christmas in the Scrub, Lee Newton, copyright 1983, used with permission probably on the card. And I thought that was an amazing way to bring all this to a conclusion. So may the words of the Lord from the Bible bless us all. And I hope and pray all of us, as I did, got something new from this well-known story. Praise and thanks to the Lord. Amen.